Hello, welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. This episode is brought to you by Axiona Energia, proudly bringing solar power to Union County and the Buckeye State. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with Mac Cordell, reporter, Keelan Petrovia, reporter, Lavana C. Weaver, executive director of Impact 60, and Jennifer Arnold, director of Impact Station. All right, so today on the show, we are talking about Impact Station, the county's new emergency temporary homeless shelter that's housed at the YMCA, and we have a couple of members uh, from that organization here to talk about it. So where do you guys want to begin? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation, you know, for, for months, maybe longer than that, you know, since you guys started this, um, and even before you started this project, um, we knew Marysville needed, a, needed an emergency temporary shelter. Um, for years, we have been sending uh, homeless individuals out of county. Um, we have any number of homeless individuals. Some of them look more like traditional homeless folks. You know, we've had a family that's kind of camped out under the bridge at 33. Uh, we've had some folks that live in campers. But we also have some of those more non-traditional sort of couch surfers and folks that frog from from one place to another. Um and we've talked about, you know, the need for that. We've hoped that somebody would be able to uh, facilitate and get a project going, get a, a homeless shelter up. Uh, so we're really excited that we now we have something moving forward. Talk to us a little bit about it. So the inception really is, and Mac, you pointed to it, that folks experiencing homelessness is indeed in Union County. Um so when we recognize the prosperity and the growth here, how can we not recognize those that uh, need a hand up? So there is certainly a small core of individuals very dedicated and compassionate to this need in our community. So with those individuals, and I'll name them because we started small in- intentionally. Um, I'm a, certainly a team player, but I can also lead when, when called upon to lead. And my experiences, starting with a small group, uh, allows you to navigate difficult questions in a meaningful, meaningful way instead of having 15 or 20 people at a table trying to hash it out. So individuals committed to exploring um, how do we get this done? Uh, Tony Ufinger, who is a board member for Impact 60, former commissioner Chris Schmank, uh, has always had affordable housing um, and caring for the community in her heart and in her service here. And then Corey Bix, the executive director for United Way of Union County, too, felt very passionately so that we can uh, focus on basic needs for folks. So that was the core. And like I mentioned, we, we navigated quietly and we asked questions of the right people quietly um, so that we went about it the right way. Okay. So uh, that's the inception, but what happened between then and kind of this idea of, hey, we need a, we need to have this. You're having the conversation. How do you get to, all right, now we have, now we have this facility? Well, something that the core team and Jennifer, my now colleague, uh, 
will attest to for sure is that we need data. You need to tell and show people who don't believe it's an issue that it is. So trying to get the data that at least represented in our best way possible without duplicity of numbers, because you do need to be careful about that. Um, so that Bridges Community Action and Salvation Army aren't counting the same people. Emergency uh, intake that the Hope Center would do is not counting the same person that somebody else has already counted. And we wanted to be mindful of that because right now we're not talking on average hundreds of people. We're not talking about hundreds of people. We're talking about 60 on average that need a hand up to be stabilized so that they can stay in the place that they call home. Um, so data, Mac, was was real important um, because that, that matters. So we did the best that we could talking to every school district that does have a responsibility to headcount those that they believe are housing insecure okay. or, or indeed homeless. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, leaning into partners like Family Promise of Delaware, uh, Community Action, the Salvation Army, 211, United Way, the Hope Center, to try to get the most comprehensive, um, non-duplicated information that we could get. Okay. And once you all had a clearer picture of this is the number of individuals who are struggling with housing insecurity, and this is what it looks like here in Union County. How did you consider how to actually create a shelter beyond, do we need to build this? Are we going to look for something that exists here? What was the action plan from getting that data moving forward? One of the big action plans was that Impact 60 is not running a shelter. <laughs> In comes Family Promise of Delaware. Uh, um, so uh, real important that we begin to make outreach to folks mm -hmm. that this is what they do. Mm -hmm. And um, that that's when uh, we we had a couple people or partner organizations in mind um, to to then sort of say what would you consider what does this look like for mm. you if you would partner with us? So um, Impact 60 had, I think, three failed attempts at choosing a property. Mm. With each and every letter of intent or obstacle that got in the way, if you will, I just always knew in my in my mind, even though it was disappointing that it, those were just not the right answers. Those were not the right places. And like, just be patient. It's, it's a marathon, not a race, this whole endeavor. Um, so fast forward, <laughs> I'm on the Y board and I'd go to meetings the last two years and say that right there, 
because mm-hmm. the, the board meetings would be in the armory mm-hmm. or in the white. Right. I always nod my head to the right. <laughs> that right there, that's uh, that's our shelter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I know it. I just, I just know it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, for real infrastructure reasons, which Jennifer can, can, can share more about that. But probably, okay, infrastructure was very important because of yeah. cost. But, but also... The Y has housed people, starting with men, for 170 years. The yeah. whole mission was housing. That's and, when yeah. I kind of grew up. Like that was my first thought about the Y was swim lessons and and a homeless shelter. Like that's where those are my thoughts about what a YMCA is. So wow. I think one of the things that was really fascinating when I heard you all speak at the Marysville Planning and Zoning Commission about getting the correct zoning prior to moving impact station into the Y. You all spoke a little bit about the location of the Y, aside from the infrastructure being so beneficial to a homeless shelter. So I don't know if it would be you, Jen, or maybe you, Lavana, but if you could share a little bit why somewhere that's kind of in the center of our community makes sense for this. Sure. I'll talk on the how we knew we could get buy-in, mm-hmm. and then I'll let you talk a little bit more about the assets okay. of the of the location. Okay. Um, probably the biggest buy-in, it's not residential because mm. it's a scary topic for people. And we knew that. Um, so the location is not residential and it's walkable to many things. A lot of people who come in may not have income. We are housing first, so we do not deny you if you don't have income, but we will help you find a job. Mm -hmm. So the benefit of this is they're able to walk to various restaurants, shopping areas, hotels. There's all kinds of job opportunities located in that area. And and even they they could go across the street and look at Honda of of Marysville. They offer a nice job placement program that they can um, go through and maybe get a job with them so there's just a lot of opportunities in that Mm -hmm. area in general that we can take advantage of Mm -hmm. and that seems like it creates kind of a nice synergy in our community too because we've all heard about how many employers are struggling to find employees and work first workforce shortages so having people who are in need of employment also helping employers seems like a great fit right exactly yeah I agree and it's all within walking distance Mm -hmm. And we know, like somebody like Walmart, just raised their minimum wage, so which is really great. Mm. Yeah, obviously we don't we don't have public transportation in the county, so walkability is yes is important for for being able to get folks to you know those those both employment opportunities and and um, you know I guess shopping opportunities as well for kind of you know life sustain sustenance I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, the shelter is in. What used to be the old YMCA, the YMCA, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar, is on the far east end of Marysville, right uh, on Delaware Avenue at right at 30 at 33. Uh, easy on easy access on and off of Route 33. Uh, but it's in the it's connected to the YMCA and the National Guard Armory. But it is the old YMCA and, and was most recently, I believe, a doctor's office. Talk to us a little bit about why the the infrastructure of a doctor's office worked for, because in my head, initially, they don't make sense. But 
when I saw it in practice, it makes a lot of sense. So talk to us a little bit about the infrastructure of a doctor's office and why that makes sense for a, a homeless shelter. Um, I like how it's all one floor. Mm-hmm. And everything's kind of when you walk into the I mean, yes, it's a maze. But when you walk in, I like how all the rooms are where the all the old patient rooms were. So some of the rooms um, are bigger and they're family rooms. We have three of those that have anywhere between four to six beds. And the smaller patient exam rooms have two beds in them and they'll be doubles. So and then everything is really lined up in a nice oval. And it's kind of surrounds the community area as well. If you've ever been at a doctor's office, you know how they have the nurse's desk. Well, we took out that nurse's desk and built some showers. And then that became a community kitchen area. And it really, it's the center. The rooms are all around it. It just, it works very well. And when you're in there, it feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. It feels welcoming. And it feels warm. Right. When you when you see it, it, it does make a lot of sense. Because, yeah. Again, initially I thought, mm, I don't know about that. But it really, it does make, and the, most of the rooms have running water. Yes. Yes. Most of them. So we left the sinks in there so people would be able to wash up and there's some storage. They also put some uh, metal filing cabinets in there so you have some place to put your clothes as well because we do want to try to reduce the amount of bed bugs and other critters that might come in. So there's um, everything's metal. Mm-hmm. There's practically no wood in the whole area. And then when somebody comes in for intake or any donations we get, it'll go through a giant bed bug baker <laughs> where for four hours we'll bake anything that's cloth related. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay, kind of like running it through the dryer three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how does someone get referred to the impact station or how do they get connected with impact station? They can various ways. Okay. I have a referral form that I've been sending out to organizations in the area. So because we are an access point, which means we collect data for the state of Ohio. So with these referral forms, if somebody, instead of just saying, hey, why don't you call over to um, to uh, Family Promise, you know, let's fill out this, fill, this form, I can get all the information I need for access point and enter them into the system and we can count them whether they called us or not, but we know they reservice. So they can go through another organization or they can call one of the two phone numbers. And um, we have a phone number for Delaware and one for Marysville and they all go into the same, same number. And okay. if you leave a voice message, we get it. So those are really the two ways that can, you can do it. Can we put that information in the show notes? We'll try to, if yes. you can get that information to us, we'll make sure that goes in the in the show notes as well. So. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I know you alluded to the shelter itself, having some family rooms, some double rooms. So talk to me a little bit about the people that you all can house. Is this specifically for one demographic or can anyone struggling with housing insecurity come to you all? We consider a family, um, a person of one to um, a family of many. So we will take single females and single adults to small to large families. We have that capability, yeah. And if it's like um, two single females, of course, we would put like two single females in a double room or Mm. two single meals. Unless you're a couple, we will not have mixed sex in one room. Great. Yeah. So, Mm. and then we have the flexibility, like depending on the size of the families, you know, one room has a really nice crib in it. We can do pack and plays and stuff like that. So we have the flexibility a little bit of Mm -hmm. um, expanding some some of the room sizes with those, with those for the small children. Perfect. So really anyone who is 
struggling with housing can come to impact station. Yep. They sure Mm -hmm. can. They sure can. Yeah. We really don't have any barriers. I mean, once again, because we are housing first, um, you know, if you're currently addicted to drugs, we're not going to deny you. If you, um, if you, um, don't have an income, we're not going to deny you. No, Mm -hmm. because the, the idea is it's important to get you settled Mm -hmm. someplace so you can start to build your life back together. Mm -hmm. Because how can you do anything if you're sleeping in a car mm-hmm. or a tent mm-hmm. or even a bench? It's really hard to get your life straight and settled. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once once you have someone, we, okay, we've taken care of housing, right? We have right. A, a settled place for you to be. Then you start to address some of those other needs. Mm-hmm. How do you go about doing that? What are some of those services that are being provided in addition to just kind of taking care of the housing first? Um, well, we look at income. So we do have a whole case plan. So we actually, we have, of course, intake paperwork. You have to do an application shelter and everything. And at that point, we start to learn a lot about the family. Because doing that intake, you could easily sit there two hours just talking. The paperwork's not a lot. But it's all about just talking and learning and listening to what mm-hmm. they have to say and kind of figuring out what's going on because they may not be so straightforward about it. And then once that's done and they're settled, we'll set up a a case management and it's in that case management plan. We'll look at what kind of documents do you need? Do you need copies of birth certificates, social security cards? Do you need paycheck stubs? Do you need credit history? Um, Do you need to know what's on your background check? You know, all the kind of things that landlords are going to need or jobs are going to need. We'll go through the case plan and the very, one of the very first goals is, do you have employment? And if you don't, then we'll start tackling that right away. But in the meantime, we'll also start tackling housing. You know, we'll look at the budget for you have for the month, and then we'll look at what you can afford and then start doing some housing researches along with that as, as well. So, and then they can also set other goals for themselves as, as they, if they want, say right now that's a single mother, she's got a two-year-old and she wants to go back to work, but she needs childcare. So do we need to hook her up with chi- somebody to do Title 20 funding? So we'll also connect with those resources as well or provide a referral to another agency that can help her with those resources. Okay. You know, the, the goal is to get you to try and get you stable mm-hmm. and to get, make you to have you understand how much you can afford in rent and how much you're making. I think it's important to say that the livable wage in Union County is only $17 an hour. That's for one single adult to meet their basic needs. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include like internet and, and stuff right. like that. So that's not a lot of money. So if you're a single mom with one child, you're looking at like your basic livable wage is 24, I think 35 an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's not a lot of money. So we want to we want to help them understand what they can afford, what they can't afford. Maybe try to encourage them to look out a county if they can, because in, housing is cheaper in Logan County. It is cheaper in Marion County. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and if they want to work on other goals, so be it. We will help them do that mm-hmm. if they, you know, if there's they want to work on getting their car fixed. Okay, let's set that goal. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of experience with smart goals as well, so I, I kind of like to do that with them. And we also want them to understand what strengths do you have in this housing search and what barriers are we looking at because they may not understand a credit score might be a barrier Mm -hmm. so then we'll talk them through them and hook that up with some sort of credit counseling or financial class or something like that as well Mm -hmm. okay that's great so it's really customized based on what each individual person needs yes and I think something that you all alluded to, I believe when you were at planning commission is how you're going to work together with other agencies that Mm -hmm. already exist in the county. And, you know, we have 
so many great resources in Union County, whether it's Wings, Hope Center, Mental Health and Recovery, but we were just missing that housing piece. Right. So can you all talk to me a little bit about how you're going to work with the agencies that already exist here to help people meet those goals? Well, that's great you ask. We have a community <laughs> resources room <laughs> that we have set up, and there's going to be a phone and a computer and everything in there for them. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll send up a sign-up genius to the list of um, community resources that we have, and then they can sign up for office hours. Mm -hmm. um, it can be in the evening. It can be during the day. It can be once a month, once a week, you know, whatever they want. So they have time to come into the shelter and sit there and people can meet with them Great. and they and then they can do referrals and everything right there perfect and I'm sure speaking with you too if say someone is struggling with substance use you can say hey they have peer counseling over yes. at wings and I think some of the tough things is being pointed in the right direction we have a lot here but it's not always easy to know what door you need to walk through it's or true. how to get there yeah. so I think having a touch point is really great that you all aren't just giving them a place to stay you're trying to point them to their other needs as well. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And Lavana really runs a good job placement program. Yeah. I was recruiting somebody for it yesterday. Um, so we did say that we are going to welcome many, one to a family of many. Yeah. Single. Uh, however, um, violent crimes or sexual offenses, unfortunately for that human, uh, we would not be able to to bring them into our shelter. So I mentioned that because that's a concern. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I'm, maybe Jen, because she faces those situations, can can just share like, hey, you know, you can't come here, but we can go into that. So the community partners piece. Um, what I've noticed in the work that that Impact 60 does, and because we support, I mean, financially, a lot of organizations, but I've witnessed through learning about the, the journey of those experiencing homelessness is that there are also a lot of silos here. Mm -hmm. And boy, if we communicated and worked together we we could get a lot more accomplished. Mm -hmm. So the idea of the community yep. room, I mean, you hear all the things that Jen says, we do this, we do that, we do... But they will be leaning into the strengths of other organizations mm -hmm. because they, they're good at what they do, but maybe Wings is great at what they do, and, and they're going to be good at delivering that mm -hmm. opportunity. So when we mention someone who may have an addiction of some type um, coming into us, we certainly want to recognize those struggles and mental mm, health. Um, and we'll lean into the Mental Health Recovery Board to Mary Haven. Mm -hmm. uh, Impact 60 is partnering with a, a new recovery workforce readiness program that will, it's the Marysville Union. And um, the physician, the medical doctor, MD physician there has offered uh, to also provide some assistance yep. to, to folks in shelter. Mm -hmm. um, we have many financial institutions that have been donors to the shelter and to Impact 60 because they would like to help people understand how to build credit. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, we have a, a great computer lab and we'll have a big TV computers we purchase, but we have a huge like TV donated by Honda where someone can watch a webinar, someone can participate in a Zoom meeting, maybe do an interview. And we have volunteers already honestly lining up to help support those things because they want to use their strengths. Hey, I can help with a resume. I can help with a checking account. I can help someone understand insurance. Mm -hmm. And I think on those aspects, I mean, I'm a generalist and I think Maybe Mm -hmm. I can't speak for Jennifer, but she might be a generalist, too. So won't it be great to have Honda Federal Credit Union come in and and help with those things? So community partners, really important. I agree. Really important. And we should build on one another's strengths um, so that we can have the best outcome for our clients. Mm -hmm. They definitely fill the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and there's just, there's just no way around it. You need those partnerships to be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you mentioned earlier about some of the, some of the concerns and, and knowing that, uh, one, it being important that it's not a residential area because, um, they do bring concerns, um, when you have, you know, neighbors and, and that, uh, but also from a security standpoint, you cannot take, individuals with a with a violent criminal history or with a history of of sexual um, I guess you know criminal sexual behavior mm-hmm. I suppose um, how do you address you know I, we hear and we know that there's always a little bit of a pushback to a a shelter like this at one you're going to bring homeless people into the community and i i i see the i see the smiles already how do you how do you address that i mean homeless people already here right i mean we're just trying to find them or help them find safe passage into a home and get them off the street and get them healthy because um having a home is an indicator of health as well so I mean, we we want you, we want them to find housing, but homelessness is already here. It's just not as visible as what people think. Mm-hmm. You know, I know off just the top of my head, probably ten people slash families that are homeless in Union County that I've heard of in the past week. Mm-hmm. So it's here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I look at again Mount Sterling. I talk to talk about Mount Sterling. I live in Mount Sterling. We have we have homeless that people don't even think about. There's a a lady who lives in the laundromat, like she spends mm-hmm. her nights in the laundromat because it's open, it's lit, it's well lit, it's in a relatively safe area. And then during the day, she goes, she goes out, and I think she, I think she has a job. Uh, but I just, believe it. But can't afford to, right? Can't afford to have housing. Uh, and so during the day, she goes to her job, and at night, she comes and you know sleeps at the at the laundromat. Um, so talk to us a little bit about so. The folks, are, is it going to bring in a, you know, a bad population? Are these, talk to us about gathering these folks here. So most of the people we see at Promise House are literally people who were um, probably um, priced out of their homes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the rent raised based on market value and they could no longer afford it. Or maybe they had to leave the home because it was just in horrible condition. The landlord wasn't taking care of it and it got condemned and they can no longer live there. Or a lot of times we see 
um, believe it or not, you know, people, there are so layoffs and stuff happening. So we see maybe the, a household that might have had one income and then they lost that income mm -hmm. and they couldn't pay the rent and they didn't know to call people for rent assistance and now they're being evicted. Mm -hmm. So that's really a lot of what we see. Um, you know, a lot of people have the misconception that's just drug addicts and criminals. To be mm -hmm. honest, we don't get a lot of that. We just don't see it too much. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I just don't think, you know, I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions there. Yeah. And I think once it's here, people are going to see it's not going to be as bad as what they think it is because these are actually hardworking individuals who are just hard on their luck mm -hmm. or down on their luck. And I think earlier when I... When I hear you say in Union County, it takes $17 to support a single female. There are plenty of people here that work every single day and don't make that mm -hmm. per yes. hour, you know? Yes. And so I think especially COVID has opened our eyes to the fact that anything can happen. And whether it's a health issue, losing a job, I think I really empathize with people who right. are down on their luck. And I know you said that this is giving them a foot up and yes. helping them move forward. Yes. So this isn't at least from what I understand hearing you all at planning commission and speaking at the ribbon cutting and everything. This isn't somewhere where people are going to stay for a year and just hang out in a community no. room. <laughs> You're getting them back on their yes, feet yeah. so they can move forward. They have 40 days on average. Our stay is on average 40 days. And in that 40 days, there are going to be a couple things they are expected to do. They are going to expected to turn in three housing searches a day to us. So they don't have to apply, but they've got to search for them and show proof that they've searched for them. We're also going to implement something called the keys to good tenancy certification, which is um, learning how to read a lease, understanding the terms, how to present yourself to a landlord, how to negotiate, all that good stuff. And they'll have to do that within the first week of being there to get that certification. So even if it's a family, if somebody's working, the other adult has to do the certification. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going you're gonna to have to have that when you leave. Great. Yeah. And I think some of it too is probably just People who maybe didn't grow up with parents to model that for them right. are living in a home now that their landlord doesn't take care of things right. and they don't know the rights they have. Exactly. So I think giving the background knowledge helps that ideally people wouldn't find somewhere and then end up back with right. you. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We really want to try to reduce the recidivism rate. I think it's worth mentioning that the other day I was talking to somebody about some of the new apartments here in town and I asked her how much her rent was because she, she mentioned where she lived and I'm not going to mention it. Um, and so I asked her, how big was her apartment? How much does she pay per month? So it's a two bedroom apartment, two baths. It's 975 square feet and it's $1,450 a month. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a drawing number, 900, 950 square feet for yes. $1,400 mm -hmm. a month. Is, yes. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. We've done podcasts on affordable housing issues and it's just, it, it only seems to keep getting higher and higher. It is. It is because then there was another area she was telling me, telling me about that her, um, her friend had moved into and it's one of like renting an actual condominium that's like 1700 square feet with like a dining room and stuff and that was going for base 2300 a month and uh, we, you mentioned the silos in union county and that's another one of those issues that like affordable housing you want to be able to put it in a silo and address it but there's there's so many things that play into affordable housing and how do you how do you fix it and it it honestly feels like an overwhelming problem because 
there's so many tentacles and so many things that are going into this that that need addressed to to even begin to start to kind of create some some affordable housing options and and it, as I looked at kind of your model of the housing searches I really wondered how is somebody how does somebody in Marysville move from a homeless shelter to to housing because I I just wonder where that person's going to find housing in Union County and I think that that is one of the other issues that that you have to kind of talk about it is how do we find those folks affordable housing in our community it's possible okay um but you got to look at private landlords and then sometimes the housing isn't necessarily safe in that manner but that's really i mean where you have to go unless i mean we had talked about in the past maybe doing some negotiation with landlords but i don't i mean you know property management but they you know they just have such stringent rules so, I mean, and it's very rare somebody somebody has three times the amount of income, you know, to mm-hmm. the three times the amount of rent. Your rent's $1,400. I don't know what three times that is. It's a lot of money per month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are you're not going to get a, you know, 900-square-foot apartment. You're going to yeah. get a house or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, and, and then if you're dealing with private landlords kind of teaching – teaching individuals to advocate for themselves. Yes. What does a lease look like? How do you kind of negotiate? How do you enforce, yes. you know, some things? Um, and really teaching them just to be their own housing advocate. Yes. It feels very important. It does. So Because a lot of people don't know how to stand up for themselves or how to talk to their landlords. And then in that case, or even just to open communicate, you know, I always tell people when they call in for financial assistance, you know, you're calling me right now for financial assistance, call your landlord next and let them know what's going on so you've opened that line of communication and maybe they won't charge you that late fee because you opened the communication with them. Right. Mm-hmm. What else should we know about Impact Station? So, somebody, while you're thinking, somebody asked me about um, food at, at Impact Station. Is it a situation where kind of individuals provide their own? Will there be meals available? What's that look like? It'll be a hybrid. Okay. So meals will be available. And then we have um, community partners, including individuals, bringing meals in on the weekend. The Hope Center is going to provide meals when they're open Monday through Friday. And then we'll get some restaurant donations as well. And then I heard yesterday that the Alpha Group at Promise House in Delaware, they come in once a week and they make sack lunches. And I heard they were wanting to do that at Impact Station too. Okay. And those are real super handy, those sack lunches. (laughs) Yeah. Because if we have walk-ins... Um, and I can't give them a bed or anything right now. The first thing I do is, do you need food? Do you need water? You know, what can I help you with? And then those sack lunches, I can grab a few and and just give them to them. Okay. Because they'll have beverages and everything in them, so. And if you have one individual of a family that's working, this gives them something they can take with them. Or going to school or something Mm -hmm. like that if they're waiting on free or reduced lunches. So it it, it works out really well. So it'll be a hybrid. Okay. I'm, I'm want to comment on the so what happens next right mm-hmm. after shelter because we know affordable housing in Union County is difficult so uh, impact 60 does have in in its vision to build some affordable housing uh, in that 
um, if a client has some benefits, we may have clients that do have, well, some do have income, but maybe someone has a $300 social security or such coming in, that this would be um, privately owned Mm -hmm. and we can rent to any decent human that we want and charge them what we want. So we would look at subsidizing folks to come um, our model, we speculate, will be a year. Uh, some other models like Vista Village and, and, and such, um, that's in Columbus, a development happening. Those are two years, and, and we just think we, we want to stable and, and help them save some money. Mm-hmm. But kind of the minute you get in the door and you're stable, we're thinking about you leaving already. Right. <laughs> I know, that's what sucks. <laughs> Which yeah. is kind of how the shelter is too, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not a way of life. Um, and if you're physically and mentally able, we want to help you continue your forward motion and hopefully your upward mobility. So, you know, we aren't blind to open a shelter and go, where do they go? We know that's a difficult step. And, and our organization will partner and hopefully work with others so that maybe we'll have 10, you know, homes um, or apartments. I'm not sure how it's going to look that that's a transition for those that aren't served in another in another way. Um, and not just the experiencing homelessness, too, but the housing if someone has committed a felony, and this is a separate conversation, but still the same issue, you just can't, you can't find a place to live very easily. And it's, um, you know, there are a lot of decent people out there that just made mistakes or they had one incident and their life happened, a big medical bill, a big car repair, got laid off, that they're in the situation that they're in. So, it would be nice to help them become prosperous right here where they grew up. Mm-hmm. So, or, or where they live. Um, and we, we just, we're aware and want to do the right thing. I guess that's the next project. And that type of housing is actually needed more than you would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot of single people in the program who could just use like um, transitional housing like that, you know, whether it just be a flat or one single room, you know, that once they, if they don't have housing right away, they can maybe transition to this flat while they're still looking for other places mm-hmm. to live and have reduced rent. Mm-hmm. And I know we've touched on a little bit these concerns or worries that people might have, but. You mentioned this has been years in the making that you all have really dreamt about this. So just tell us why you're proud that Marysville is now home to a homeless shelter for people. Wow. I know. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> it is. Ohio. Come on. It is. You know, 88 counties. And um, now there are only 16 without shelters. Um, they are all, they come in different sizes and shapes. I've visited a lot <laughs> of them, so I, I knew what was out there. And I tell you, we, we have a great, we've established a great um, place, a great partner and experienced partner in Family Promise of Delaware uh, running Impact Station. And it, I'm just really proud because we have people say yes. And I think folks that are still like, I don't know, 
I think they're going to be Yimbies after that. Yeah, I, yeah, I get right? it. Yeah, yeah. going to be a Yimby. Yep. <laughs> the feedback I've gotten from people when I when they ask me what I do, um, and I tell them the director of Impact Station, the new homeless shelter here, I've, the feedback has been actually really good. And so I was very surprised because I know a couple years ago, you know, it was the, you know, the rumor was, oh my gosh, the city's throwing a fit, the Hope Center's trying to do this, so-and-so's trying to do this. But the feedback has been really good. And even from the mayor, I was he was at the ribbon cutting and I was talking to him and he was 100% behind this and I, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that when... When the fairground was looking at um, some zoning changes, uh, because the, the Hope Center was going to go in there, that was one of the big concerns: was if we create zoning changes to to that piece of property, would that open the door for a homeless shelter? And there was a lot of pushback of, well, we don't even want to change the zoning to allow the the Hope Center as much as folks like the Hope Center. Well, hey, if we do that. Would that open? And there was a lot of reluctance even to change the zoning for that property for the Hope Center because, well, maybe it would bring in a, a homeless shelter. So um, I'm glad to see that the, the response has been largely positive. So yeah. Yeah. Exciting. I don't think I've heard anything negative at all. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. That's great. What else should we know? I don't know. Stay tuned for the opening date. It's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very soon. And, and just to reiterate, if an organization or maybe a family that likes to cook uh, would like to provide an evening hot meal, um, we'd love that. That would be wonderful. Communing together is is very important, and uh, we ju- we would just welcome volunteers to provide at least one hot meal a day. Uh, we do have wheels. We have a lovely bus that's the YMCA <laughs> bus that Honda Marysville and Impact 60 uh, helped make sure it was safe and, and uh, on the road. So we do expect that we'll be carting our folks around as needed, which will be great. You know, good conversations also happen in the car. They do. Uh, but I think meals will we'll, we'll yeah. need donations. Um and I think as we're on this sort of moratorium to just finish up some some zoning, not zoning, uh, permitting things, which is is right around the corner, that in the meantime we'll be organizing the donations that we have, and we'll be able to to say, oh, we need this, we need that. Um, so just uh, follow Impact Station on social channels follow family promise of delaware yep uh they're much more robust in their posting (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, so between the two of us we will definitely let the public know uh how they can help okay yeah that was that was going to be my kind of my final question is if folks want to help Maybe not even. Maybe they're not a good cook, but what are, right. are there other ways? Oh that, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There are many yeah. other ways. Um, you know, we we will always accept donations of towels, washcloths, twin sheets, and blankets. Okay. Right. Um. So th- those are those are the big the big items that we'll we'll always always need right now. Um, otherwise, but if you've got any questions, feel free to email me. It's uh, Jennifer at fp housing dot org. Great. Or you okay. can call at 740-362-7817. Great. 
and we'll be sure to include those in the in the show notes for those of you who aren't taking uh, aren't <laughs> taking notes during the during the podcast. But yeah, we will be sure to include those in the show notes so that folks can can get in contact with you. So great. Well, thank you. I've really enjoyed yeah. getting to hear more about it, and I think it's really important for people to not just see the logo on the Y, but actually know what's happening behind the doors. So I think it's great to hear about like the educational programs or the access to other resources that will happen there too. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. Thank Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, that's going to be the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the good information. Thanks to the members of Impact 60 and Impact Station for coming in and talking about this project and letting people know about it. We also like to thank our sponsor, Axiona Energia, for sponsoring the podcast. And as always, please be sure and subscribe. Let people know we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and lots of other places where podcasts are available. So be sure to tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.